the reviews are in, and we're going to tell you what they are. He's Todd Vandenberg. I'm Rob Steele. And look at the whopping news story we have today. That's As right. It, singular. Singular. <laughs> Although I am actually going to start off with something else that happened this week that, to me, was really funny. And it relates to the movie that's coming out. Uh, it has to do with a comic book. Uh, basically, there's a new issue of uh, of Batman that came out where Batman is off doing stuff with the Justice League and he's off uh, doing stuff with all these other heroes while Damien, who is the new Robin and son of Bat, actual son of Batman, yep. is in the cave going, can I come help? Can I come help? Why can't I come help? I need to come help. And Batman's like, no, no, no. I've got everything covered. You need to do your homework. I did my homework. Let me come help. Eventually, Batman gets back to the cave. Damien continues to pester him. Okay, can we go out now? Why do you want to go out today? Damien says, well, Father, I thought you would want to go on go on patrol today of all days. But Damien, why is today so special? Because, Father, it's take your kid to work day. <laughs> Alfred, gas up the Batmobile. We're going back out. Okay, there we go. <laughs> I thought that was funny, and it leads into a uh, a trailer that came out this week for a forthcoming Blu-ray, and apparently digital version, although I'm not real sure how this is going to work, for Batman Death in the Family. Hmm. Now, if you're familiar with the, the uh, I'm not going to call it a comic book, it's a graphic novel, right? because it gets a bit graphic. Um, this goes back to, it was the late 80s, I believe. Uh, yeah, correct. 1988, where they ended a, a book with Jason Todd, who was at the time Robin, uh, having had the crap kicked out of him by the Joker. With a crowbar, uh, among other things. With a crowbar. Yeah. Uh, he is tied up. Well, I'm sorry, not even tied up. He's chained up in a warehouse with a bomb going off. And the last panel of the book was, if you want Robin to live call this number. If you want him to die, call this number. Uh, six, 60 something thousand people called and voted for this. And the difference between them was less than 60. Yep. And Robin never, died. Never let anybody tell you your vote doesn't count. Yeah, Jason Todd really appreciates that. Thanks for killing him folks. Anyway, that's <laughs> what this particular Blu-ray is about. Kind of. It is an interactive short film, which I want to see how this is going to work. It goes through the uh, death of the family storyline, but you can change things. What if Batman had done this? What if Jason Todd had done that? What if the Joker had turned left instead of right? Whatever. I don't know. I haven't seen it yet, but Interesting. it's done up in the same style that... Uh, Batman Under the Red Hood was, uh, which came out in, what, 2010. So that, that, that's 10 years old now. Yeah, it's wow. crazy, uh, which is which is a hell of a good movie. It, it, it really is. So if you have a chance to see that, yeah, pick it up. And you know what? Death of the Family looks like it's going to be a good thing to watch, too. That sounds like it with, with the added. I wonder how many, have you read anything about how many alternate possibilities that there is, are? If that's been released, uh, none of my sources have it. 
is when when Black Mirror did the Bandersnatch episode, which had that you know the branching possibilities. Stuff. It, I think, if you actually played every single possibility, and of course you would have to backtrack because it threads in different areas. It was almost six hours long, and it's yeah. a and it's about an hour and forty minute movie without that. And I spent almost I spent a little over three hours watching it, just backtracking and taking different paths and stuff. So. That's, I mean, that alone, that's fascinating to me, the fact that you can change how things come out. I have a feeling, because he was kind of a jerk, I have a feeling he dies in a lot of the versions anyway. We'll oh, see. Jason, absolutely. Yeah. Interesting. That's really cool. So, I like that. I, I'm looking forward to that. Um, Do we have, is there a release to, date? I'm sorry, was there a there release date on that? Not yet? Not, not a release date Bastard. yet. Bastards. The best I can do is coming soon. <laughs> well, at least it's on Blu-ray and digital, specific. so that means it won't be held up until your theater's open, so yeah. Which is a good thing. Yeah, very good. Although, uh, you know, for, for, the, for, for my, I guess my, my one review, because I've got one, you've got three, but I watched that last one too, so we'll do that together. That works, that works. Um, I want to go ahead and do this one because it's weird and it's famous and you might have seen it and you might have seen the remake, but you should have started with not the book, but the radio broadcast. Ooh. Ooh. Isn't that nifty? H.G. Wells' War of the Worlds. I saw the recognition on Todd's face. As soon as I said radio broadcast, he went, I know where he's going. Yes, he did. <laughs> I did. Yeah, me. Because the the <laughs> book, the book was. Uh, I thought the book was okay. The way the radio broadcast was done, if you don't know, yeah, because this was brilliant. Yeah, absolute genius. H.G. Uh, Wells was reading, uh, basically from the book, but the book was from the perspective of someone watching aliens start to attack the Earth. Oh no, they're from Mars, but. People tuned in late and missed the beginning where it said, this is the War of the Worlds novel narrated by H.G. Wells himself. They just tuned in and heard aliens are attacking and it sounds like a news person. Oh, my God, there's really aliens. Uh, it, so it's not exactly fake news. It's accidental news that people have misinterpreted. Either mm. way, it was brilliant. Yeah. And became a, a pretty big thing for a while. Here, here's well, <clears throat> excuse me. They tried to capitalize, I suppose, on the uh, on the popularity of it. And in 1953, which is you know 15 years later, because it probably took them that long to figure out how to do this, they made a movie out of it. They did indeed. Uh, oddly enough, called War of the Worlds. Who knew? Um. <laughs> And I got to admit, I don't care for it as much as I think a lot of people do. I know it's considered a classic and everything, but there are, there are, there are a number of changes. For example, in this one, it's not Grover's Mill, New Jersey, that's attacked. And yes, the only reason I do remember that is because of Buckaroo Banzai, not the point. Um, in this one, it's a small town in California. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, H.G. Wells is not reading it. There's no 
news thing going on that makes you think, oh, this is a real thing. Oh, this is happening now. So it loses, for me anyway, a lot. Because that was one of the big things of it. Um, was having that feel of, oh my God, this is this is a real thing. And it, you don't get that in this. If they had done it up, if they could have done it, I suppose, in... I guess what is now called the, what the Blair Witch mm-hmm. style. There, there's a found footage type. Yeah, found footage kind of thing. That would actually maybe they can go back and do that now. Yeah, it's been and long not enough since Cloverfield. It, <laughs> I now I like that. I really like the '53 version. I think the special effects are incredible for the time, especially for the time. Um, I like the book better. Yeah, uh, because it has some something of a steampunk feel. Because mm, along with Vern, he's practically the inventor of that. So the aliens are more interesting. Their machines are more interesting. But there's something to be said for the creepy manta ray, snake-headed, cobra-looking ships that they fly around, which are just a, a brilliant design and creepy as hell. It was, but the, the, for me, the problem with it came in you know the first half of the, i'm gonna go with 75 percent of the movie is it's a sci-fi disaster movie right and then you know the ending comes and it's not we've done something spectacular to defeat the aliens yay it's just the aliens go and dead yeah well, why did they die you know that's that's the book Oh, I get that. And in a book, it works. But on a screen, you're kind of going, yeah. uh, oh. And it did get a bit preachy. It gets very uh, preachy. The 53 with, version definitely uh, gets very preachy. Yeah. They were killed by the bacteria that God put upon the earth. Oh, shut up. Right. Uh, yeah, they overplayed. The, to me, they did definitely overplayed the whole thing. Man and his hubris thought he could you know, conquer this. And yet it was God who saved us all by... Putting bacteria there to to fend off the invasion of the Martians billions of years after he created the world, or however many days, however you wanted to look at it. But I still really like the film a lot. It definitely has its flaws. It does. But the the radio plays absolute genius. And they did several times, they did break into it and say, This is a this is a play by the Mercury Theater Art. You know, and it's like they said, this is a play. And people ignored it because they heard, oh, my God, and they panicked. So because people Panic, are turn it off, get in the basement, hide because people are strange. Absolutely. But just like this, Jim Morrison said in the one more <laughs> song that I tolerate. But but it does show how powerful that production was, too. For sure. That That is also true. So, yeah, if you haven't seen it, it's it's worth a watch at least once. And you can find it uh, free in a number of places. Mm-hmm. So, you know, knock yourself out with that. Did um, you partake of the remake? I have. I, I'm, I'm leery. Dennis Leary. No, <laughs> I'm just leery of watching a, a, any Tom Cruise movie anyway. And then I looked at that and kind of went, I'm not sure I want to watch this. It, it, to me, it has, and I'm not going to review it. We'll talk about it another time. Right. There, there are reasons Tune in next to watch week. it. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Stay here. Stay here. There are also reasons not to watch it. But anyway, 
I watched a couple of films, uh, the original and a remake in this case. So I'm talking about a darker film than War of the Worlds. So kind of imagine a darker film than aliens invading the Earth and trying to kill everybody. But basically, this is a darker film than that. And this is Old Boy. Now, there are two versions of Old Boy. The original came out in 2003. It's a South Korean film. Part, part of the Vengeance trilogy. Uh, I'm not going to go into it. Google it. Three movies about vengeance. There, there you go. Now you don't have to Google it. Old so, Boy, Current Boy, and New Boy. I'm kidding. <laughs> and Old Boy is the middle piece and doesn't have vengeance in the title, so go figure. But uh-huh. Old Boy is about a gentleman in his, eh, I don't know, late 20s, 30s. Uh, he's a lout, as they would say uh, in certain forms of fiction. He's kind of a jerk. He's constantly drunk, and he's making rude passes towards women that he doesn't know, all this kind of crap. He winds up just passed out in in front of a bar because his, his buddy runs a bar, and his buddy won't let him in because it's past closing time, so he's just sitting there. He wakes up, and he's in a strange room. He doesn't know what room he's in. Well, it turns out he's been captured kidnapped. He's in a private prison. He is kept there for 15 years. Uh. Nobody tells him why. He's just kept there for 15 years. Gradually, he starts evolving this plan how to get out. He tears a pig, South Koreans, he takes a pair of chopsticks and he kind of sharpens them and he works away at the grout on the tiles. So the tiles in his bathroom are bricks instead of just tiles. So he manages to escape after 15 years this is people's the Shawshank Redemption deal. Uh, but he's captured again, doesn't realize it. He wakes up in a trunk in the middle of a field. He's like, what the hell? So he gets out of the trunk and he still doesn't know what the hell's going on. He sees somebody follows her gradually. So he's trying to figure out who kidnapped him and why they kidnapped him because he has no idea why this happened. He meets this young woman. He gets involved with her. and She's trying to help him. He's still being a jerk because he's completely screwed up in the head because he's been isolated for 15 years. That'll but, do it. But she's helping him, trying to figure out what happened. And at one point, he meets the person. And I just tells him, he's like, hey, remember me? He's like, you want to know why I put you away? And it's like, he tries to kill him. And of course, he can't kill him because things happen. So then it's a game of cat and mouse trying to figure out who this guy is, because he didn't tell him who he is, and why he kidnapped him. And gradually, the threads all weave together. And I can't tell you what happens from that point, but there's lots of violence. There's lots of action. There's lots of suspense. There there are a few, like, really horrific reveals. Uh, it's a really, really dark movie. It's also a really, really great movie. Uh, and, and again, this is... One, one of the classics of, of Vengeance, and probably not that well-known because it's a South Korean film, but absolutely worth watching. The 2003 version of Old Boy. The 2013 version of Old Boy. May I ask a question? Please do. Ooh, ooh teacher, I have a question. <laughs> I just want to make sure of this. When you say dark, is it DC Comics film dark, or is it just the, the, the feel of it, not literal? The feel of it. Some scenes are okay, dark, good. but the feel of it. There's you can see what's of, going on? <gasps> a lot of the wow. scenes are bright, sunny daylight. Uh, some are dark, rainy, blah, blah, blah. But it's normally shot. Well, now you come to the remake in 2013. 
And everybody had high hopes for this because Spike Lee is the director. Hello. Jo- Josh Brolin is the lead. Samuel L. Jackson is uh, a very important secondary character. So it's like, okay, we're on board. Hell yeah. Um, it's worth watching. But if you can imagine that Spike Lee made a tamer version of a movie, he did. Uh-oh. Uh, and it's not tame by any stretch of the imagination. It's tamer. Uh, it is not quite as dark and grim as the original. It, now, if you compare it to most movies, yeah, it's pretty damn dark. Uh, some really awful things go down in this film. Both of them feature a terrific fight scene, which if I'm sure a lot of our listeners fondly remember the Daredevil series on Netflix, which was absolutely hailed for every season, they would have some fantastic fight scene. And there was one fight in a hallway. (laughs) Exactly. Well, old boy has an extended fight scene in a hallway. And in, in both movies, it lasts six or seven minutes. And basically, it's our protagonist with a hammer against a bunch of guys, in some cases with guns, but usually with lead pipes, swords, chains. And I mean a bunch of guys, like a dozen. And and he's not a martial artist. He's just a guy. But part of his recapturing his sanity is he was working out during a lot of the time that he was captured. So he got into pretty good shape but he's still just a guy. And both of these scenes are just, they really stretch uh, the imagination that a guy with a hammer could lay out all these goons because they're not just people. They're hired thugs. Their, their job is to beat people up. And it's not exactly giving it away because that happens like in the middle of the movie and the movie would be over if they won, but they don't because he beats the crap out of these guys in really <laughs> violent, holy crap, kind of ways like oh i think i'm gonna smash your freaking kneecap oh look you're an ostrich now stuff like that uh and both of them are excellent they're staged very differently though so it's two different fight scenes even though it's i'm gonna beat the hell out of this group of guys oh look i open the door here's another group of guys and both of them go through that both fight scenes are, are awesome uh spike lee's version like i said it doesn't go quite as dark as the original now if you see the remake first and you think, dude, that's pretty awful. It's like, it is. There are some awful things that happen in Spike Lee's version of Old Boy. They're worse in the original. I'll just put it that way. Um, I think the original is a better film. Most critics tend to agree. But Old Boy 2013, and that's pretty much how you'll see it listed, is definitely worth watching. Old Boy 2003 is just a better film, though. Both worth watching, but definitely watch the original. There will be a forthcoming 2023 version. Yes. And, uh, and by the way... I'm kidding, I hope. <laughs> it should be. Because why not? Both, both these movies are rated R for about every reason you can think of. I'll just put it that way. Fear. <laughs> yes, fear is part of it. It doesn't say fear, but by God, it should be. Whew. Did we ever figure out what movie that was? I did not figure that out. I didn't go back and look. Pretty funny. That was the only reason. Because I had posted the, the one about, uh, ooh, language. I'm like, yeah, it, it's English. Yeah. Uh, but PG-13 because of fear. Now, I met, we mentioned this like 
probably a couple of years ago, but there was some film that was rated, I think it was R, maybe PG-13. One of the reasons was for existential dread. <laughs> I vaguely remember that. <laughs> I was like, oh, right. <laughs> I have to I have to find out what movie that was. It's like, yeah, existential dread. Looking up existential dread is going to be a bit easier than just going with fear. Yeah, I'm sure it would be. Um, and it's probably like a Three Stooges series or something, which kind of would make sense. So yeah, after those really dark movies, I needed a palate cleanser. And and we can both talk about this because it turns out Rob watched, watched this. Cats. That I'm would, kidding. That would I'm be a kidding. bowel cleanser. Um, <laughs> and, not, and not in the proper direction either. Ooh, Rob's background made his drink disappear. That's funny. Yeah. Um, but I needed a palate cleanser, so I watched an old favorite of mine. And I hadn't seen this in probably 10 years. Uh, which uh, directed by a gentleman that we talk about a lot. I mean, almost every show we mention, Mr. Miyazaki. Uh, I like um, just like an incredible master of animation. And this is, it's one of his beloved favorites, but it doesn't quite get the notoriety of, of like Princess Mononoke or Spirited Away. Those are like his acknowledged solid Although, classics. If you look at this, the uh, logo for Studio Ghibli, it's mm-hmm. this movie. Yeah, this was the breakout film for, for his studio and, and for him. Uh, he'd had some successes before this, just a few feature films, but this was the one that just broke out. So we're talking about My Neighbor Totoro, which is basically like a big forest troll. Um, I'll start just not being by talking about the plot, but this is one of the best family films ever. Not a kid's yes. film. Not a children's film, although it's perfectly fine for five-year-olds to watch. But there's so much going on that you, the grandparents can, and you can sit in and enjoy it and really get a lot out of this film. It's about it, it's about being a parent, and it's about growing up as a kid and and struggling with kind of a fear of abandonment. Although these kids have wonderful parents, but mom's in the hospital, so that makes the kids worry. It's also about mythology <laughs> and a bit, yeah. uh, quite a bit and it it definitely hits on Miyazaki's theme of how important our balance is with nature quite a bit there's a giant tree seems like in every Miyazaki film at some point there's going to be a big ass tree and there's a big ass tree in this film actually there's a couple of them although one's imaginary uh picky 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 um if you want to expound a little bit further please do well I was thinking that this was a uh if you haven't seen it or shown it to your kids, now's a good time because yeah. with with mom in the hospital, you can kind of go, there's COVID parallels here. Although, did we ever actually find out what she was in the hospital for? I don't believe so because initially they said it was a cold and then, she, and then she said again it was just a cold. And, of course, she wouldn't be in the hospital for a cold. Uh, spoiler alert, mom comes home. So yeah. if you're concerned about if there's going to be something really sad uh, because – there are some anime films that, yeah, <laughs> that kid, don't turn out happy. Yeah, the kids don't need to see. But yeah, th- this does have a happy ending. Um, so much of this film is, and, and I don't use the term lightly, is glorious. This is just such yeah. an amazing, uplifting movie in just little ways, in just little ways. And the way the kids act, absolutely, absolutely correct how kids act. I, I will say that Cat Bus still kind of. Freaks me out a little bit. 
cat bus freaks the heck out of me. Cat bus is a bit is a, if, if you're wondering what we're talking about, it's a cat, but it's a bus. Yes. And there there's not really much of another description to put. Well, actually, I guess it has what seventeen thousand legs or something. Twelve um, actually, because I counted because I wasn't sure. It's <laughs> twelve legs, six on each side, and it gallops. It does. It gallops. Uh, oh. And it can almost fly for a while and it can walk on a telephone wire, not telephone wires, just one telephone wire. Yeah. Um, it's, it's like it's a Cheshire cat. It. It's a gigantic Cheshire cat looking face on a bus. That's yeah. big enough to ex- admit the gigantic Totoro, which is the adorable, fuzzy, somewhat, kind of fox looking but enormously fat looking troll creature who is friendly but also kind of scary at the same time and it must be what 18 feet tall something like that yeah if you're familiar with pokemon it's a snorlax that's kind of bigger and fuzzier there you go um but yeah and cat bus isn't in it much and your kids are gonna love cat bus oh my god yes it's the adults that are gonna look at it and go that thing's a bit weird but that's okay. That it's it's a Miyazaki movie, and there's yeah. always something in a Miyazaki movie that's going to make you go, "Really?" Always, always. That's part of his genius. But it's all in a good way. Yeah, and the, the, this is such a good movie. It really the, is. The basic plot is: Dad moves out with his two little girls to a house way out in the country, and to the be house closer to the hospital. To be closer to the hospital, maybe the house is haunted, kind of, and he thinks that's fun because he just goes with it, and he wants his daughters to be brave and smart and like imagine that and the parents all the adults in this movie are so supportive it's it's awesome uh so and the girls go off on little adventures they go off into the woods and the four-year-old may goes off and and tries to reach something inside a gigantic tree and she falls inside runs through a tunnel and wakes up or not wake up she just sits up and says oh there's this gigantic pokemon it's (laughs) pokemon there's the gigantic totoro who she really recognizes as a Totoro. Totoro? And by the way, uh, I, it's, I think it's streaming on HBO Max now. Yes. But if you purchase it, I know if you purchase it on Vudu, you get not only the English dub version, which is fine, but you also get the Japanese language version for free as an extra, which Bonus is pretty, pretty damn good for, I think it's like 11 bucks. And that, I think you can get the Blu-ray for it for for that much at uh, at Walmart, which is which confused the crap out of me. There is a yeah. uh, I, I don't know about yours. My Walmart has a Hayao Miyazaki section. That's awesome uh, for Blu-rays. Which if I for, didn't already have them, this is where I would get them from. And even if you don't have kids, this would possibly be the best eleven bucks you ever spent on a movie. Yeah, but if you have kids. Uh, especially smaller kids, they will probably like this better than Princess Mononoke and better than Spirited well, Away, which I think are better films. Those are for older kids. Yeah, especially Mononoke. Yeah, especially Mononoke. Now, those are brilliant movies, but in its own way, so is my neighbor. I, I suppose we should say this, too. It starts off with a fair... I'm going to call it a fairly annoying kids movie type song. Yes, it does. Don't panic. It doesn't stay there long, and it doesn't Very. come back until like the closing credits. <laughs> Very um, annoying. Don't 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 panic. It's better than that. Just go ooh, click, and it'll go to the next track, and you'll go oh, it's a movie now. But Got the it. two. So dad moves off with the two daughters, Satsuki and May, and Satsuki's maybe ten, something like that. 
and her little her little sister is four and she's an annoying little four-year-old brat but sweet which is important but she's constantly getting into trouble so they have their adventures and they go on separate adventures and one gets lost and the other one finds the other one and there's a little bit of intrigue with a neighbor boy who really likes satsuki but he's a boy so he won't tell her because he's 10 or 11 and And he's a boy and he's a boy but they gradually go on these adventures with a totoro and then the cat bus gets involved because they're trying to get to the hospital to see mom and they can't get to the hospital and Totoro shows up with the cat bus and the cat bus takes them. And, and it's just so beautifully done. And when you watch a Miyazaki, if you haven't seen a Miyazaki film, it's like watching a series of paintings that came to life. His movies are all like that. They're just yeah. beautiful. Now the animation, not Disney style animation. It's not this fluid animation that we're used to from classic Disney or the more recent Disney. I'm not talking about the CGI crap. Uh, it's it's much more in the anime style, not the gigantic eyes, but much more in the anime style where the, the animation might not be as fluid, but it doesn't matter because it's beautiful. And the acting is um, is amazing. Even on the English dubs, the acting is really good. In any in Miyazaki film, I think they did a great job choosing the actors and actresses for the dubs. But the, it's just beautiful to look at. It's It's heartwarming. It's funny. Parts of it are, a lot of it, I should say, is hilarious. I mean, there's no way you're going to put a four-year-old kid in front of this movie and their eyes are not going to be just locked in. So, you know, if you need like an hour and a half of sanity in your life because you've been cooped up with the kids, probably no better way to get it than with my neighbor Totoro. It's just a super funny, wonderful, awesome film. I mean, I guarantee you, you'll be watching it several times over a lifetime. This is the kind of movie that honestly little kids will watch. And when they grow up, they're going to have their kids watch it. And no exaggeration. And uh, one of the great things about it is yes, you are going to watch it repeatedly. No, you're not going to mind. No, you won't. There, there are some kid movies that, you know, you, oh, yeah. you watch it once with the kids and you're like, that's cute. You, you hear them watch it a second time. It's not as cute. You hear it the <laughs> 750th time and you want to throw the disc out. Yeah. But you can't. Yeah, this you're is, a good parent, aren't you? You are good. You're a good mommy and daddy, even if you are in the hospital. Yeah, I mean, it just it deals with real serious topics in a very, very kid friendly way. I mean, it's just it's brilliant, like on every level. And I feel like I'm overselling it, but I'm not. It's definitely one of the best kids' movies ever, and it's fun. So aside from all the highfalutin talk of this is just an amazing film and it's brilliant. It's a fun movie. Above and all, it's a really fun movie, and you'll love it. Yep. You, you'll love it. If you, if you don't, you can, you know, we'll have you as a guest on the show, and we'll go, what the hell's wrong with you? No. I, <laughs> we will, by God. <laughs> it, it's a great movie. It is. It, I'm not sure we can, we can't, we can't recommend that any higher. No. Well, uh, these are kind of stressful times for everybody. Yeah. And both Rob and I, just in the past couple of weeks, thought, you know what would be a good movie to watch? There you go. We both went with my... We did it independently of each other. Yeah, we didn't didn't talk about it at all. There was no pre-pro on this at all, Ted. But we did mention Ted, which means we can end the show now. Yay! (laughs) So, four movies. Two two of them really dark but worth seeing. One absolutely genius movie worth seeing. And one that is going to be required if you go to elementary school. Because I think they made made us watch it in elementary school at some point. (laughs) But uh, 
you know what, regardless, all of these are available at home. You can watch them at, uh, through a myriad of streaming services, yes. which I can't recommend high enough right now because yeah. going out in the world, it's a bad idea. It is. Yes, baseball has started back, but they've already had six of those cardboard cutouts they're using to replace people in the stands come down with COVID. <laughs> yeah, the cardboard things. So it's not safe outside. Stay home and watch a movie. Captain, we're losing power in the warp engines. I think we should be leaving now. I'm going to go home and sleep with my wife. Uh, and on that unusually harmonious bombshell, it is time to end. I am very disappointed. Man, we have a weird job. It's shameful, but uh, eh, it's a living. And like that, he's gone. Dorn, that's the end.